Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I'm going to speak to you about special anointings. Special anointings. Are you ready? Let's close our eyes. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for your anointing. As I share this word, may you come and move on this word and confirm this word with signs following. Our hearts are ready to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, we often hear remarks about someone having an anointing to preach powerful sermons, all right? Or someone has an anointing to sing amazing songs. Unfortunately, though, on the other side, many attributes of the anointing have been largely ignored by the church. Amen. We've just reduced the anointing to some things that happen in a service, right? But there are so many special anointings. You know why? Because you are special people. Oh, thank you for the three claps. You are special people. Bible says we are a peculiar people. A special people. We are a peculiar people. A special people. So there are special anointings for special people. Every single one. And I, this is something very important to understand because we have reduced the anointing to just a few ministry gifts. Obviously those are important. Those are needed. And they are very powerful. And they are from God for building the church. But what about the others? Are they just chopped liver? But there are other special anointings that are available to the church. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, verses 12, uh, 11 and 12, Amplified Classic says, And God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Notice unusual, extraordinary, or special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that handkerchiefs or towels or aprons which had, which had, had touched his skin were carried away and put upon the sick. May I have one of the cloth, please? So basically, just think about it. Clothing, fabric from his body that had been touching his body, taken, amen, carried away, put upon the sick. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Amen. So they were just basically put upon people like this and the anointing came on people. Hallelujah. So you can see Paul had a special anointing for miracles that were unusual and extraordinary. That's very unusual. Much the same way Jesus spit on the ground, made mud and stuck it on a blind man's eyes and said, go wash. Amen. And then the man received the sight. Why would he do something like that? Why would he make something gross and stick it on a blind man's eye? I was blind, now I'm blind and dirty. No, you, he got a sight. What, what, is, what is it about? It, there's an anointing and the anointing is transferable. You can see by the hands of Paul. So obviously Paul had to take these things off of his body and Hand it to somebody. Hey, take these out to the villages and towns and put it on the sick. Put it on those that are oppressed and they'll be set free and healed, right? And the Bible says that God did extraordinary, unusual, special miracles by the hands of Paul. So Paul had this special anointing that were unusual and extraordinary. So there are many unusual and extraordinary anointings. God's not limited to one or two or three things. There's, a, there's such a variety... Bible talks about diversities of operations. Diversities. 
The kingdom of God is very diverse. Amen. Hallelujah. I often talk about the coat of many colors. Joseph was given a coat of many colors. That's why I like wearing these colorful shirts. Coat of many colors. There's a, there are so many colors in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not North Korea where everybody's wearing brown pajamas. Notice they all wear the same thing. They have to. It's like, you know, it's crazy. There, you can, there's no diversity. You cannot have, there's no individualism in communism. And that's exactly what the globalist system really is about. If you think about it, the antichrist establishment, the one world government, it's, a, it's really global communism where nobody has any rights. Nobody has any individual individuality, nothing. Everybody's going to be the same. There's going to be a few at the top that want to control everything. And everybody's just a bunch of dumb sheep, whatever, and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the arrogance and the wickedness of these people. But they don't understand the anointing. They're operating by demonic anointing, but we are operating by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So you can see Paul didn't have to have, he didn't have to lay hands on people for them to receive. But this was also, by the way, a result of him preaching every day for two years in Ephesus. Didn't happen overnight. Every single day from morning till noon, he preached in the school of Tyrannus in a city called Ephesus, which is in western Turkey on the Aegean coast today. And the Bible says after the, those two years, the entire Asian province, which would be the entire Western coast of Turkey, the Aegean and Mediterranean coast, which is where the seven churches are, if you look in the book of Revelation, heard the gospel. What a powerful revival broke out of Ephesus that shook the whole region. Amen. So it didn't happen overnight, but he, as a result of that kind of pressing in, and as you press in, God's going to anoint you with a special anointing to do some extraordinary things. Some out-of-the-box things. How many of you believe God can use you to do some extraordinary things? Amen. Unusual things. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. You don't have to copy anybody. Yeah. You'll be yourself, and God will anoint you and do some, something special through your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. You have to believe it. I don't care where you come from. Paul. Paul was part of murder. He was arresting Christians, throwing them in prison. And the power of God smacked him and turned everything around. He was called Saul, the destroyer. He became Paul, the little one. Hallelujah. Amen. Paulus means the little one. <laughs> he went from being the destroyer to a little one. But a little one that had a big anointing. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not... Living the life of the flesh. You're living the life of the spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, direction controls you. Amen. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ, is not truly a child of God. So yes, when you're a born again child of God, the Holy Spirit, there's an indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Undoubtedly. And that's kind of where we have this issue with the so-called evangelical or mainline denominational type Christianity where they go, well, if you've been saved, you have the Holy Spirit and that's all. And of course, when I was saved, 
I didn't know anything about church, you know, and I ended up in a Southern Baptist church for several years, and that's what they believed. They did, you know, oh, you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit, that's it. But no one ever preached on the baptism in the Holy Spirit because they didn't believe in it. They were Baptists, they baptized in water, right? John the Baptist said, I can only baptize you with water unto repentance, but he's, that is coming after him, he's a Pentecostal. He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm talking about Pentecostal with Pentecostal power, not some Pentecostal denomination. Some of them are just as dead as the Baptist or others. So, and I can pick on them because I was among them, so don't get offended with me. But I'm just bringing you the word, and I'm dealing with this, the, the denominationalism that we're dealing with here, not just in America, everywhere. And even on the mission field, all these missionaries come and, and they just bring their denominationalism instead of the word of God to people. And they divide. We've seen it all the time. In, through my television programs, we probably led over 10,000 Muslims to the Lord in Turkey, but they'd get saved and we didn't have churches to put them into. And sometimes I was like, I didn't want to put them in churches. Some of them we put in a church, they went in there and they, just, they convinced them that I was a false prophet and a false teacher to stop watching me. The very ministry they got saved through, this, all this garbage, we've dealt with this all the time. So there's a, a, a great danger in the body of Christ for people not understanding the anointing. And then the other side is in the people that you know, want to be the spirit filled, then they've reduced the anointing just to one or two or three ministry gifts. And everybody just sits there and, and, and they are just to get the anointing from one or two or three, the man of power of the hour. But I'm here to tell you that every single one, every single one is to be anointed by God and to be used of God. Hallelujah. And I'm not here for you to depend on my anointing. I'm here to disperse the anointing, release the anointing so that everyone can receive the anointing and rise up and do what God's called them to do in a proper way. So, and that's the other problem you see in the spiritual world. There's all these certain people. It's like they have a monopoly on the anointing. They hold on to it and everybody has to come them, bow to them and kiss the ring and all that kind of stuff. And, and they become dependent on this man of God or some woman of God. They can't do anything. They can't even go to the toilet without getting permission. The great chief apostle of apostles. Do I have permission to go to the toilet? Yes, my son. I mean, no, my daughter. Hold it a little bit longer. Hold on, brother. Hold on. Let go, brother. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. But we are here to see everyone mobilized by the anointing. So we have to understand, yes, evangelicals are correct that the Spirit of God lives in the born-again believer, but they ignore the special power that can come upon the believer upon receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. A special empowerment. Acts chapter 1-8. But you shall receive power. Ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And this is for believers, not unbelievers. He's speaking to believers. And then you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. So again, to be a witness, to basically advance the kingdom of God, advance the gospel. You shall receive power 
ability, efficiency, and might. Amen. Look at Acts chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. More and more, there were being added to the Lord those who believed. Those who acknowledged Jesus as their Savior and devoted themselves to him, joined and gathered with them crowds both of men and of women, so that even, watch this now, so that they even kept carrying out the sick into the streets and placing them on couches and sleeping pads. Sounds like Los Angeles, streets of Los Angeles, huh? <laughs> Skid Row. <laughs> I was just thinking, some of y'all need to just go walk through Skid Row and empty it out. Or just downtown here too. Watch this. In the hope that as Peter passed by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. I mean, we're talking about a shadow. We, we saw cloth from Paul's body. Now Peter's shadow. Well, what is with the shadow? Was it the shadow that healed? No. For you to be under my shadow, you have to be in my vicinity. I mean, you're too far to be under my shadow here. But when you are so close to be under my shadow and the anointing is flowing and of course these people were coming to receive they were coming to receive amen and the people gathered also from the towns all around jerusalem bringing the sick and those troubled with foul spirits and they were all cured or healed or set free i mean look at the power that's flowing out from Peter. Hallelujah. So there are special anointings that God will endow on people. But then you also have to realize that you have to press in for these things. There's always a price to pay for the anointing. Hallelujah. And if you will pay the price for the anointing, God will anoint you. God will raise you up and God will use you. Amen. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 14. This is a passage we often use to talk about what's called the fivefold ministry. Like the five fingers of the hand. Fivefold. So you can give the devil a good punch in the nose. Boom. Fivefold ministry. We need to do some fivefold ministry to the devil. But I want you to see something else here. Because look at this, verse 7. But to each one of us. Are you one of the each one? Yes. Yeah. But, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Unto everyone, each one, everyone. Grace, a special grace was given according to the measure so there are different measures, obviously. Like one received five talents, the other one two. One, but the key is to be faithful. A good steward of what you have received. But unto each one is given grace. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men and women. It's just generic language. Amen. Not a woman, but a man. Sorry about that one. That one I can't say a woman. Unless I'm in Washington, D.C. and I'm praying in the Congress or something like that. 
to be politically correct. But we are politically very incorrect here because we're biblically correct. All right. Now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. That's when Jesus actually died and went down to hell. Snatched the keys of hell and the grave from the devil's hands. Took authority. Amen. Hallelujah. He who descended is also the one who ascended. Far above all heavens that he might fill all things. That is the highest authority in heaven and earth. That is the highest authority in heaven and earth. That's where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? Because he's building a supernatural church that carries the anointing. That has power to defeat the devil. Amen. And he himself gave some. Now this is not each one or everyone, but some. Some to be apostles. Some Prophets, not all, but some you can see. Some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. This is what we call the fivefold ministry. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. We're having an evangelist, a man that is in the office of the evangelist, come minister at the healing and miracle service tonight. What does an evangelist do? Mainly the number one goal is to bring in the harvest of souls. But we have soul winners in the house, but an evangelist functions at a high level of soul winning. They're like a combine harvester. But then they also flow in miracles and gifts of healings. Those are the two things that are significant of the office of the evangelist. Now, others can flow in miracles and healings, but an evangelist is going to flow in the gifts of healings and miracles at a high level. Consistently. Because it's just a part of their office. They operate in it on a daily basis. That's the anointing that they carry. And there's apostles and there's prophets and evangelists, pastors, teachers. But some... But I want you to understand again, it, because there's a, just a few in the body that operate in the fivefold ministry, it doesn't exclude others. Because to each one was grace given. So many times we focus on the fivefold ministry, which we need to. I understand that God has put these ministry gifts and offices in place to build the body, because it says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. See, the saints are the ones that are going to do the work of the ministry. That means they have to have an anointing if they're going to do the work of the ministry. Our job is not to carry all the, the fullness of the anointing. One man said, there was one man, you know, he started out as a pastor. Then he was a pastor teacher. Then he evangelist pastor. Now he's an apostle and a prophet. I'm like, oh, wow, he's got everything. I mean, pretty soon we're going to start calling him Jesus. I kid you not, I went to his social media. He said, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He was all of them. Wow. I didn't know Jesus had come back. Jesus was all five when he was on the planet. But when he ascended on high, he took all these ministry gifts and offices and he distributed among the church. That's why the church has to come together to have the fullness. No one has the fullness. No one has the fullness. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So you are the saints, the consecrated ones, and you carry an anointing to do the work of the ministry. Whatever ministry God has for you. Your ministry might be within the church. Your ministry might be in the marketplace, in business. But whatever your ministry is, whatever your service is to the kingdom, there is a grace and an anointing for that. And there are so many special anointings. 
We can't name them all. Because also, as times change, the operation of the anointing changes. Now, today, I can speak to the camera. Paul didn't have cameras. He didn't have internet. He didn't have broadcasting. So they had to literally take these things, carry them. But now I can speak to the camera in the name of Jesus. And people watching will get smacked by the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we have a different, we have different technology, so there's a different anointing. But the functioning of the anointing to heal, to set free is still the same, but the operation is different. Amen. They didn't even have sound systems in those days. And which is amazing because if, oh my God, I mean, during the second great awakening and the first great awakening, some of these preachers were preaching up to 10,000 people. Boston, city of Boston only had like 6,000 people living in it, but there were meetings with 10,000 people. How do you preach to 10,000 people without sound reinforcement? Supernaturally, it's like God amplified their voice supernaturally. And they passed an ordinance in the city of Boston preventing people from climbing trees. Because as the preachers were preaching, power of God would hit people, they would fall out of the trees and break their arms and legs or fall on top of people. And a hundred years later, they had forgotten about it. So there was a discussion in the city council in Boston. Why do we have this ordinance? Nobody even knew. That's the problem. A hundred years later, Several generations later, nobody knew why that was there. Think about a special anointing to preach to 10,000 people in an open city, uh, open city square, not even an enclosed building where you could maybe have the effects of some kind of echo or whatever. And open square. To 10,000 people with no sound reinforcement. That, that's a special anointing. Hallelujah. And maybe we don't tap into that so much because we got all these sound systems. But, they, but God might send you someplace where there's not even any electricity and no sound system. And you end up on some remote island. And you're going to end up on some Amazon jungle. The great evangelist Tommy Hicks. The anointing came on him. And he ended up speaking in tongues. But he actually ended up preaching a message. Down in Argentina. For an hour he spoke in tongues. The power of God came on him. He preached an entire full message. And that sparked the revival that took place in Argentina. In the 50s. I mean God has done some extraordinary things. Lester Summerall was sent to the Philippines and he was struggling to really get traction until one day it was written up all over the newspapers that there was this young girl that was being bitten by demons. She would be screaming and bite marks would appear on her body. It was national news. It was on the radio. It was published in the newspapers and like everybody knew about it and he was in prayer and the Lord said, go to that place where they're holding the girl and Cast the devil out of her. 
So he went in there and the Lord gave him favor. He was able to get in. And imagine, journalists, photographers, radio people watching, government people like watching him. All eyes are on you. And you're going into this room behind the glass with a girl being bitten by demons and she's bleeding from the bite marks. And everybody's watching you and God sends you in there to cast the devil out of this girl. So he broke the power of the devil. The girl got totally set free. Bite marks disappeared. She was clothed in her right mind. And it was written up in all of the newspapers in the Philippines, broadcast on radio. And he went from having nobody to having 100,000 people showing up in an aircraft hangar. World War II aircraft hangar that was built by the U.S. Air Force, Army Air Force, Army Air Corps. And the Lord gave him a favor and he had this humongous aircraft hangar, like the pavilion there in Tampa, even bigger, where they were parking bombers. And he turned that into a church and he was having four, five, six hour services because so many people were coming. He was doing like three, four, five services a day. Broke open, broke open in the Philippines. People got saved by the hundreds of thousands, shook the whole nation. And then he had to leave. Eventually, because he would be walking down the streets because of the Catholic background of the people, they would start to worship him, burning candles and bowing to his feet. And the Lord said, leave now or you're going to die. And then so he walks up to one of the guys he raised up, hands him the keys to the car, the house and everything, and takes his family and gets on the first plane out of there. <laughs> you cannot take the glory. So... And the Lord warned him, he said, leave now. And he didn't listen. He says three times, the, Lord, the third time the Lord said, what part of leave now don't you understand? You're going to die if you stay here because they're going to keep worshiping you. And they're going to have their eyes on you, not me. And so that's another issue. And when you carry an anointing, you'll have that kind of effect on people. But you have to keep it pure. It's, it's the Lord, not you. Hallelujah. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Any saints here today? I said saints, not ain'ts. Ain'ts are not here because they ain't here. But you are here. You're saints. Come on, all the saints, lift your hands. You have a work to do in the ministry. Come on, keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. Saints, come on, saints, saints, saints. Consecrated ones. In the mighty name of Jesus, do the work of the ministry, mate. The Lord anoints you as to each one is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ to do the work of the ministry. Thank you, Lord, that those hands are anointed. These saints are anointed to do the work of the ministry. Whatever work you have for them, there's a special anointing and a grace on their lives in Jesus' mighty name, may they walk in the fullness of it, I pray. Amen. Now the rest is up to the Holy Ghost and you. I've done my part. My job is to equip you. That's why I'm teaching you today. For the edifying of the body of Christ. How many of you have been edified here today? Some people were so edified, they took off running. Hallelujah. 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 
What's the purpose? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or a mature man, mature person, mature believer, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's our measure, is Christ, not some other person. Obviously, we follow the fivefold ministries. We, we take example from them. We don't worship them, though, but we take examples from them. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We need the fivefold ministry offices to establish the kind of examples that we can follow. Amen. Hallelujah. And impart into our lives and lead us. These are leadership roles in the body of Christ. That we should no longer be children. See, mature or children. See, adult or child. Tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine or different teachings that blow through. and People get confused and deceived by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And there are many trickers that have infiltrated the body of Christ to lead God's people astray. But when you are truly established under the fivefold ministry, that's why every believer needs to be accountable and established under the fivefold ministry. Not floating around here and there. I'm, all, I'm led by the Holy Ghost. But they're, they're, they're here and they're there. Spirit lead me here. Spirit led me there. But they, how come Spirit never leads them to be accountable, to be established, to be rooted and grounded? The Spirit of God's not going to lead you floating around all over the place. That's not the Spirit. That's some other Spirit. Spirit of God is always going to lead you to be connected with the body of Christ, right? Till we all come to the unity of the faith. It's always going to lead you into unity with other believers because iron sharpens iron. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. There is greater strength in unity. Amen. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you'll be carried about with every wind of doctrine. There are so many different winds of doctrines, weird teachings that pop up here and there. And actually, there's nothing new under the sun. They just have new names, but it's the same stuff. A lot of the Gnosticism of the first and second century is showing up again in the church in different names. But it's still Gnosticism. Doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Prophet Jezebel still around. Doing her thing to divide and stir up strife and division. So all kinds of weird stuff, but there's nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. When I was a young minister, I was standing by this man of God that had been in the ministry about 60 years. And we were singing a song about churches marching on and we're conquering. And I said to him, isn't that great? Isn't this great that we're singing this song about the church marching on? He looked at me and goes, yeah, it comes around about every 20 years. For me, it was new, but he had seen it before. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. Things come in cycles. Revival comes in cycles. Why? Because people get revived and then they backslide or they get lukewarm and you need revival again. Or nation turns their back on God and then they get smacked and then they wake up and go and then they get on their knees again seeking God. If my people who are called by my name, right, shall repent, humble themselves, pray, right, then I will come, right? I'll forgive them. I'll heal, heal their land. That's kind of where we are at, in America. 
But I'm telling you, things are going to turn around. And it's not going to be some, somebody in the White House. It's going to be somebody that's in you called the Holy Ghost. And that's the other problem is when everybody's looking for this one person to come and do it all. And the church has come under that kind of deception. When every single believer gets a hold of the power of God, rises up, does their share, then we can really wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. Because we came from Istanbul, Turkey right after Trump was elected president and I saw a big apathy in the church. Everybody thought Trump was going to change the world and do this and do all of that. He's going to have a cure for cancer. I mean, every kind of thing was being named. He's going he's to do this. He's going to do that. Everybody had their eyes on him. Our eyes need to be on Jesus. Amen. Not some savior Amen. that's going to get in through an election. Amen. Which we don't even know if it's an election. They're already elected or selected, maybe. Who knows? Who cares? That's why God does not care who's in the White House, penthouse, or crack house. He cares about who's on the inside of you. The mighty third person, the Godhead, the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. You are God's special people. You are the saints. This is your time. God's hand is on you and he's going to use you. And there are special anointings that are going to be released, especially for the last days. The Lord spoke to me and said, there are end time anointings waiting to be released. And I had a vision of this massive ocean of the anointing that's waiting to be poured out on the body of Christ for the end times. End time assignments require end time anointings. And God's going to raise people like that up in this place. For the end times, for the last days, to do mighty things. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Lord. I'm going to pray a massive prayer. I don't have time or the ability and the space to lay hands on every single one of you right now, but I'm just going to speak the word. Thank you, Lord, that there are people in this house and to be honest, every single one, each one, and those watching on the broadcast, and you have a special anointing for them for these last days to raise them up, to use them for your glory, for your kingdom, special calling, special, those that will go on a special mission, those that will go on a special assignment, hallelujah, those that will carry special anointings. In the mighty name of Jesus, let that pool, that ocean of the end time anointings be poured out and released on God's people. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon them. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon them from the top of their heads down the soles. Not just the anointing that's with them, but the anointing that comes upon the mantles for the assignments. Young and old, male and female, educated, uneducated, doesn't matter. Raise up your people. Anoint them with special anointings in these last days. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. 
Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.